the role that your BATNA plays in a risky negotiation. As a negotiator, who wouldn't want to walk into a negotiation knowing that you had all of the cards? Knowing that you were in the position of power and that the other side had few options. <laughs> they were going to have to agree with whatever you told them that you wanted. Now, this type of situation does not happen all that often. However, it will happen occasionally. <laughs> when it does, how should we deal with it? Having all the power. In a negotiation in which you appear to have all the bargaining power, it's tempting to use your negotiation styles and negotiating techniques to make a lot of take-it-or-leave-it offers that appear reasonable. People outside of your negotiation would consider the offer that you're contemplating to be objectively fair, for example, because your supplier would not lose money and has little choice but to accept your terms. In other words, everyone knows that you have all the power in this negotiation, and it seems as if your supplier will realize this fact and will accede to your proposal. However, you should probably display caution in bargaining situations such as this. In an experiment, negotiation researchers found that perceived fairness, not impartial analysis, often drives the behavior of the powerless party in such cases. In the research, one person was given a sum of money. This person must then propose a split of the money with another person, the responder, who must either accept or reject the offer. If the responder rejects the offer, neither side gets any money. Simple economic analysis suggests the responder should accept any proposed split because a rejection would leave both parties with nothing. Recognizing this, the, proposal should, the proposer should only offer a small amount of money to the responder, such as maybe $1 out of $10. Yet it turns out that people behave very differently from this prediction. Well over half of the responders who received only a token offer from the proposer rejected it. Also, proposers typically offer nearly 40% of the money, suggesting that they recognize that responders are likely to reject small offers. Across cultures, and even when substantial sums of money are at stake, the results do not change significantly. Making smart, powerful choices. Neuroscientists think that they know why things are working out this way in the experiments. In their negotiation studies, participants wore devices that scanned their brain activity while they played the game. When responders received an offer that they perceived to be fair, the logical planning parts of their brains lit up with activity. When responders faced a very small offer, the emotional parts of their brains, which handle feelings such as disgust, 
in conflict lit up. As this research demonstrates, we often have strong, negative, emotional responses to proposals that leave us with very little of the value from a relationship, no matter how fair such offers are from a rational economic perspective. How to avoid a watna when calculating, calculating your batna. Negotiators need to understand that to avoid the emotional cost of accepting a worst alternative to a negotiated offer, offer that gives us very little, we often react self-destructively. For example, finance companies report that retailers facing bankruptcies often choose to close their doors rather than accept a low offer, which would leave the owners better off. In your case, the supplier might reject your terms and risk bankruptcy rather than ceding almost all of the value of your relationship to you. Just because you have all of the power in your upcoming negotiation doesn't mean that you should attempt to squeeze all the value from your supplier. This is especially true given that you have good relations with the supplier and want to work with the company in the future. Of course, you're certainly within your rights to request a price reduction from the supplier. When doing so, consider tried and true negotiation methods such as justifying your request and probing to learn your supplier's interests. Perhaps, for example, a long-term contract that frees it from the current threat. What all of this means for you. It does not happen very often, but there will be times when we enter into a principled negotiation coming from a position of power. We hold all the cards. When we find ourselves in this unique position, we need to pause and take a step back. Exactly how should we go about correctly handling this situation? When you find yourself in this kind of negotiating situation, you may be tempted to present the other side with a take it or leave it offer. However, you want to be careful here. Perceived fairness, not impartial analysis, often drives the behavior of the powerless parties in such cases. We need to understand that the other side can tell when we're making a fair offer to them. They may accept a fair offer and may not accept an offer if they perceive it to be unfair. They may turn down an unfair offer even if they don't have any other choices. Keep this in mind and get the best deal that you can without attempting to squeeze all the value out of the other side. Having power in a negotiation is a great feeling. However, we have to be careful here because if we go about doing things incorrectly, we can end up not getting the deal that we want. We need to use our negotiating power carefully and make sure that we don't force the other side into the corner. Ask for what you need and you have a very good chance of walking away with a deal that both sides can live with.